From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News starts right now. On today's broadcast, South Korea and the U.S. reaffirm their goals of denuclearizing the Korean Peninsula. Prosecutors indict former Sangmahong Group chief on charges including smuggling and delivering illicit funds to North Korea. And families of the Itaewon crowd crush victims hold a march in downtown Seoul ahead of the 100th day since the tragedy. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Heejin Koo. Foreign Minister Park Jin and U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken held talks in Washington on Friday and reaffirmed the two nations' goal of denuclearizing the Korean Peninsula. The two sides also agreed to enhance U.S. extended deterrence using the full range of capabilities against North Korean threats. In a joint press briefing after the meeting, Park touted that 2023 marks the 70th anniversary of the bilateral alliance and vowed to expand the alliance beyond political, military and economic partnerships to include technology and culture. Park said peace without denuclearization is not true peace and that the allies will maintain their joint efforts to bring about actual peace. He also vowed stern and united response by the Allies to any provocation by the North and added they will work to implement UN sanctions and prevent Pyongyang's illegal flow of funds. Park added that responding to the North's illicit cyber activities should also be a top priority. Blinken, meanwhile, said South Korea-U.S. alliance is a linchpin of peace and prosperity in the region and that Seoul's Indo-Pacific strategy announced in December is a testament to their shared interest in the face of mounting challenges. He said the U.S. is committed to defending South Korea using the full range of its capabilities, including nuclear, conventional and missile defence, and the two sides reaffirmed their commitment to improving their allied defence against common threats. Blinken said he and Park also discussed the importance of maintaining peace on the Taiwan Strait and of trilateral security cooperation with Japan. Following the talks, the two officials signed a renewed agreement on science and technology cooperation, which is expected to expand exchanges in key technologies and space. The initial agreement, signed in 1992, aimed to enhance information sharing, personnel exchanges and joint research in science and technology. It was then revised in 1999 to broaden the scope. In its latest revision, the two sides extended it by 10 years instead of the previous method of exchanging memorandums on a yearly basis. Seoul's foreign ministry said the extension and revision has sharply enhanced the jurisdiction for the agreement and guarantees the achievement of South Korean participants in joint activities. The agreement includes a new clause on boosting discussions on the distribution of intellectual property rights between visiting researchers and the agencies that invited them. The revision also expands on the researchers' decision-making process, stating that intellectual property rights in a third country can be determined between the parties involved.
U.S. Ambassador-at-Large for Cyberspace and Digital Policy Nathaniel Fick will visit South Korea next week, according to the U.S. State Department. The department said in a press release Friday that the ambassador, during his stay in Seoul from Monday to Wednesday, will meet with counterparts from the Foreign Affairs and Science Ministries as well as the Presidential Office to exchange views on cybersecurity, securing information and communications technology infrastructure and digital regulation. Fick will also meet corporate officials of KT, Samsung Electronics and SK Telecom to discuss the latest in 5G wireless networks, including open radio access networks, the department said. Korean-American Congresswoman Young Kim has been named chair of the U.S. House Foreign Affairs Subcommittee on the Indo-Pacific. It marks the first time for a representative of Korean heritage to assume this key post which deals with South Korea-U.S. relations and diplomatic issues involving China, Japan and Taiwan. According to her office, Kim said that she was humbled to serve as chair of an essential subcommittee and vowed to work with colleagues on both sides of the aisle to promote global human rights, support fellow freedom-loving countries and strengthen free trade with allies and hold adversaries accountable. She added that U.S. foreign policy decisions in the Indo-Pacific region will be pivotal in determining America's future and standing on the world stage. She promised to play a bridging role connecting South Korea and the U.S. and work towards advancing the alliance. The prosecution on Friday indicted the former chief of Sangbangul Group on illegal money transfers to North Korea. According to the Suwon District Prosecutor's Office, Kim Song-tae faces seven charges, including bribery, embezzlement and violation of the Foreign Exchange Transaction Act. He is accused of handing over some eight million US dollars to North Korea between January and December 2019 in pursuit of inter-Korean projects. Kim claims that $5 million was for a smart farm project, while the remainder was intended to facilitate then Gyeonggi Province Governor Lee Jae-myung's planned visit to the north. He is now chairman of the main opposition Democratic Party. The tycoon is also accused of providing 330 million won in illegal political funds to former vice governor of Gyeonggi Province Lee Hwa-young. Furthermore, he allegedly embezzled over 4 billion won from the group affiliates and 59 billion won from unlisted companies created under the name of group executives. The corporate chief was arrested in Thailand last month together with current Sangbangul chair Yang Sangil, who was also indicted Friday for embezzlement and breach of trust. Families of the Itaewon crowd crush victims took to the streets on Saturday, demanding a formal apology from the president and urged that a special law be introduced to set up an independent body to uncover the truth behind the tragic event. Around 1,000 family members began their march at 11am from the memorial altar set up at Nuksapyeong subway station and headed towards Gwanghamun Plaza. 
They also observed brief periods of silence in front of the Yongsan presidential office and at downtown subway stations to grieve the death of family members in the fatal crowd surge that saw 159 deaths. The march comes ahead of the 100th day since the October 29 tragedy. Earlier, the bereaved families requested Seoul City's permission to set up a memorial structure in Kwanghwamun Plaza on Saturday, but the city government declined, citing safety concerns. Regardless of that refusal, the protesters tried to set up a temporary memorial for the deceased as they were passing by the Kwanghwamun area. Scuffles ensued with police and civil servants in the process. Some 3,000 police have been dispatched to the area. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Centre in Seoul. I'm Kuhijin signing off. You can also find our news on our website at world.kbs.co.kr.